Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. The title of this morning's message is You Can't Kill This King. And I don't know about you, but uh, we go through moments in our household and I go through moments in my life and I'm going to give you a scenario, and you may identify with it. We have a, um, a household that has, we have five of our own children, and right now we have a sixth child in our, in our care. And uh, it's most of the time either around trying to get kids out the door to school or get them to sit still to have dinner, where, you know, catastrophe always has a way of showing up in the form of one child annoying another or just genuinely disbehaving. But what we find in our house is this. Picture it with me. There's six children, well, one sitting on the bench in a high chair, five at, a, at the table, and one is misbehaving. And you as the parent are about to just bring some correction to this potentially even more chaotic scenario. So you, you line up the child who's throwing their dinner around or, or, you know, throwing their socks off, whatever they're doing. And what proceeds from your mouth as you're about to call out this child is every other child's name you've ever met, ever. And you're trying to call out one, but you're calling them their sister, and then you're calling them their brother, and then you're calling them your, your sister-in-law, your brother-in-law, your actual own brother. And so by the time you've tried to really, you know, infiltrate and, and get on top of this problem, it's totally got even more chaotic because you've blamed every other child by the one who's actually at fault. We have this problem as creations, as human beings. To forget what we should remember and remember what we should forget. And in that moment of, of trying to bring correction to a child, you think it would be easy to remember what you needed to remember, but it, somehow you're remembering everything you should have forgotten in that moment, and it's all falling apart. You're trying to remember where your car keys are. Well, you can remember what you did at work yesterday and the day before and the day before. I used to work as a mechanic. I could remember if I'd left a bolt loose somewhere or if I hadn't quite done something right. But trying to find the car keys, it's a nightmare. Trying to remember, where did I put I should be able to remember this because I just walked in the door and put them somewhere. And now I want to go back out in the car again. And I've remembered everything I should be forgetting and I'm forgetting the thing that I need to remember. And this is us so often as human beings. And this is why remembering Easter and being in fellowship and in church every other week is so important. Because through the weeks we have a tendency to remember what we should be forgetting. And we start forgetting what we should be remembering. We get up in the morning and we, we look in the mirror and we're remembering the faults. We remember the flaws. We remember the words spoken over us by a parent or a teacher or, or someone we looked up to and they echo around inside of us. Things that we so desperately should be forgetting seem to more, be more present 
than our current. And we tried to forget it and we tried to get over it and we tried to move through it and we got all the right help and even we got the right prayer and we read our Bibles. But still, why am I remembering that which I should be forgetting and why am I forgetting that which I should be remembering? It's an exhausting pursuit, a tiresome life to be caught in. Always trying to escape what you should be forgetting. It's like going to the supermarket and you walk in for toilet paper and you walk out with chocolate. Sometimes it's a mistake, but not always. (laughs) You walk in, I need to remember this. I need to remember, I need to remember. And by the time you've got through the chaos of the supermarket and unintentionally bumped into half the church... You've forgotten what you were meant to remember what you were meant to remember. And you've remembered what you were meant to be forgetting. Like I'm for- I forgot I was on sugar free. <laughs> I forgot I was trying to tidy up my diet. I forgot we needed apples, not candy. And we forget what we should remember and we remember what we should forget. And I want to help you this morning. This is my heart for you as we remember the powerful resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we remember that, yes, He died for our sins, but He was saved for our life. His death atoned for your sins. His resurrection enabled you to live a life that otherwise you could not live. And my heart for you this morning with a very simple message, is that you would leave this church remembering what you should remember and forgetting what you should forget. That you'd leave the presence of God, you'd leave worship, you'd leave the Scriptures remembering what you need to remember and forgetting what you need to forget. God knows I need it every day. And I'm as human just as you are. So we're going to read some scripture this morning. And at the end of this message, there's going to be space for you to respond to Jesus Christ. Whether you're a Christian, you may have been a Christian 40 or 50 years, and you're probably still remembering things you should be forgetting. Or you may be in this church today, and you've never even been to church, or you may have never met this person that we're talking about, this guy who died on a cross, this guy who rose from the grave. In Luke 24, it says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb, that is of Jesus. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. He's gone. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Key word, remember. How he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. This is not very long ago. This was maybe only days or weeks 
prior to the crucifixion, remember how he told you in Galilee, while he was still with you there, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day and be raised again. Then they remembered his words. They'd forgotten what they were supposed to remember and they were remembering what they were supposed to forget. They came to the tomb of Jesus Christ. They'd forgotten what He had said. They came with spices to anoint and care for the body of Jesus Christ. They'd forgotten what Jesus Christ has said, that I will be delivered over to the to the people, but I will be raised on the third day. And then they remembered what Jesus Christ had said. And a great sense of excitement and celebration returned to them when they remembered what Jesus Christ had said. And some of us here have just simply forgotten what Jesus Christ has said about us, who Jesus Christ calls us, what Jesus Christ thinks of us. The tomb was only borrowed because he was never going to stay in it. They never purchased a tomb for Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ was never going to stay dead. He rented one. He took out a three-day contract on a tomb. He was the original couch surfer. Can I just come and sleep on your couch for three days? After three days, some other people are going to be sleeping for a long time. But Jesus Christ never had a tomb because He was never intending to stay dead. That He rose from the grave this very day, 2,000 and something years ago, Christ broke forth. And what is the relevance of that for your life today? An act that happened, what we could say, so long ago. Surely it's out of date. Well, humanity is still living in the same heartache, the same pain, and the same trouble that we've always lived in, the message of Jesus Christ is just as valid now as it was then. And if He walked out of the grave, you can too. He said to them, don't you remember, you cannot kill this King. Don't you remember that, yes, I will die, but I shall not stay dead. I shall rise again on the third day, victorious, not just for myself, but victorious for every single person who would put their faith in me. That person too may live a new life in Christ Jesus. That I will make them the greatest person that when they wake up and look in the mirror, they'll just want to be more like the person they already are. They'll no longer wake up looking in the mirror thinking, if only I had more money, if only I had someone else's status, if only I had someone else's position or someone else's friends or someone else's, you know, state of mind. That when we come alive in Christ Jesus, the person we want to become is the person we are. When we hear the breath and the whisper of God speaking to us, I walked out of the grave, you can too. You can walk out of the fear. You can walk out of the anxiety. Sure, it may have kept you locked up for days, weeks, months, even decades of your life, but not today. Today is the day for you to walk out of that grave, walk out of that tomb, that thing that encloses your life and suffocates you into the great freedom that Christ has purchased for you on the cross. You don't have to live in the tomb. 
But sometimes we look in the mirror. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we read the Scripture. Behold, anyone in Christ Jesus, the old is gone, the new has come. Or whoever is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. And it's the old creation staring back. It's the old habit staring back. It's the old thought life staring back. It's the old you staring back at you. When you thought you'd look and see something new and on Sunday you felt like a new creation, but on Monday it's the old creation who turns up at work. It's the old creation that turns up when you go to parent your children. It's the old creation that turns up when someone cuts you off in traffic. It's the old creation that turns up when that person takes your car park at Pack and Save on Saturday at Easter time and there's no other park in all of Topol bar that one. So what do we do when it's the old creation that plagues us, the old creation that haunts us, the old creation that, that on Sunday I felt like a new creation, but on Monday it was the old creation. That was looking back at me. Don't be too hard on yourself. Took you a while to get where you are. It'll take you a while to get to where you need to be. Took you a while to get here. It might take you a while to get there. But Jesus is walking and he's asking you to walk with him. I walked out of the grave and you can too. And I've had moments like this in my life, and I have them all the time, where the old creation stares me down. The old creation looks back at me. The old creation resurfaces, and I've only found for myself one solution. And it's in the book of Genesis, chapter 2. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and that man became a living being. You know, I can be alive, but not really doing life particularly well. And here's God right at the beginning of the creation and the human story. Adam, Mark 0.1, not Mark, but you know, like an old Cortina, Mark 1, the first of many. And here he is, God the Father with Jesus' Son and the great Holy Spirit, forming from the dust of their creation the image of man. That the Lord formed him. The other things he spoke into being, God said, let there be light. God said, let the ocean be filled with fish. God said, God said, and then it comes to make Adam and he's like, we're going to get right down into the DNA, to the very fiber of our creation. It shall be marked with our fingerprints and thumbprints. It shall carry the mark of heaven, the seal of the Creator, Lord God Almighty. And before them laying there, out of the dust they had already formed was the image of Adam that they had formed. Lifeless, hopeless, motionless, senseless. Behold the great Trinity, the great Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit observing what they had just formed with their own hands. Creator looking upon creation. 
And they stoop down face to face, nose to nose, mouth to mouth. And God breathes His Spirit into Adam. And that which was once dead became alive. That which was once cold, grew warm. That which once had no pulse, heart began to beat as the breath of the Lord God Almighty filled his very being. That which was once blind, his eyes were open to see. And the very first thing the creation beheld was the Creator looking back at him was the image of God Himself staring in the face of His son and His daughter. The very first thing that Adam was to see when he came to life was the very one who gave him life. The breath of God the Creator breathing His life into His lifeless son that lay before him. And in that moment of transaction, that which was dead was raised to life. That which was without destiny or purpose rose and God commissioned into the earth to tend and care for that which God had given him. This is you and I. We all lay before the Lord God Almighty. And our place of identity, our place of worth, the thing that we must remember when we seem to be be forgetting everything else is this, is that God loves me and He approves of me. That God looks upon me when I have nothing to offer back and He offers His life into me that I may raise up, that I may truly come to life and become the very best version of myself. That when the old creation seems to be so prevalent, when the old creation seems to be wrestling, it is simply for myself due to lack of breath of the original Creator breathing through me. And that is the great breath of God, the great gift of the Holy Spirit fills the hearts of the believers. The new creation transformation begins. That which was once old becomes new. That which was once still begins to move. That which had no life in it begins to teem with life. Not because of anything we can do, not because of any merit of our own, but because we receive the free gift that is offered through Christ Jesus. That John 10.10 reminds us it is only the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have life abundantly. This is the message of Easter for you. That you cannot kill this King, Jesus Christ. You cannot put Him off. You cannot scare Him away. There's nothing inside of you that Jesus Christ is afraid of. And this morning is your morning. This morning is your day. Not the person next to you. The person in your seat that person's day to receive the great gift that Jesus Christ offered. Not just eternal salvation, but an abundance of life for your world right now, for your marriage right now, for your business right now, for your relationships right now, for you, the person in your seat. From that To that person, whoever is thirsty, let them come to me and drink, said Jesus Christ. 
And from that person shall flow rivers of living water. What are you remembering that you should be forgetting? And what are you forgetting that you should be remembering this morning? What will you not forgive yourself for that Jesus Christ has already forgiven you for? What will you not let yourself get over that Jesus Christ has already gotten you over for? What are you beating yourself up for when Jesus Christ is saying, I took it all within myself. Be free, my son, my daughter. Live the life that I've set you free to live. No longer bind yourself to a yoke that is not yours to shoulder. But step out from under that which you have put on yourself and step under that which I will put upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A bent reed I shall not break and a smouldering wick I shall not snuff out. No, I will breathe that wick back into life and I shall strengthen that reed back up straight and tall. And I will call those who are my own unto myself and I will breathe. Breathe my life giving spirit into each and every one that truly they will arise and shine for the light of Jesus Christ is upon them. This is the message of Easter from creator to creation, from saviour to save, from God to humanity, that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, that person shall be saved. You have to have no merit of your own, no work of your own, nothing that you could offer of your own. For Jesus Christ was offered up freely once and for all. That no longer would humanity have to come week in and week out, paying and sacrificing and repenting. But we could boldly come in our time of need before God's great overflowing throne of grace, where from it flows a river like none has seen, and it is a river that carries away the sins of the world. Is it a, it's a river that carries away the cares of humanity. It's a river that carries us away from the trouble of our present and locates us in the goodness of God's undeserved merit. For Jesus Christ willingly gave Himself up on a cross, not just so that we could receive salvation, but that we could receive eternal life right now, today. It is not a figment of the imagination that exists for only once you part through the veil of death. For eternal life wishes to seek you out and visit you today the eternal life-giving Spirit of Jesus Christ seeks to find you and breathe into you those parts that are dead, those parts that are old, those parts that you would say are the old creation. He says, Behold, I make all things new. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.